0: My name is Sharman Smith, and I'm the author of the book Taming the Titta, and this hour is brought to you by me. I'm going to be running for president in 2020. As a Democratic candidate for president, I have a lot of opinions about a lot of things that are going on today, and I'm looking forward to getting to know you and you getting to know me. Today, I have a friend with me. His name is Jay Matta. I found this individual through LinkedIn, and he helped put me on this dream of mine that I am following today, this, you know, give up everything, even if it uh, means sacrificing everything. I'm just doing it. Jay, you there today?
1: I'm with you right here. How are you doing, Sharman?
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thanks for so, having me on here with you.
0: I appreciate you introducing me to this. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Um, so this hour, Taming the Tita, titta is a Hawaiian word for an aggressive female personality that will fight you. She will stand up for what she believes in. She will, you know, she, she's got a stink eye about her. You know, she's usually a bigger woman. She's strong. She's tough. She will fight you. Um, We call it resting bitch face here in America, but in Hawaiian, that is definitely a titta. And as I look around, I see a rise of tittas everywhere. And frankly, there's been a little titta in every woman that I've ever met as long as I've been alive. Um, As a a person, I'm, I'm a military brat. I was born in Newport, Rhode Island. I have lived all over the country. In the last eight years, my family moved seven times. It's um, seven times in seven of the last eight years. And I've had them in schools, from public schools, from Rhode Island to Hawaii and Ohio and Florida. And I can tell you that I have a new perspective on um, public education, the way that we treat each other, the changes that are taking place across this country, the social issues that are impacting us from homelessness to drug addiction, Um There is a a lot of topics that I can help connect the dots on. Joe Biden said that if you're good at connecting the dots, we need you. It's time for you to come forward, and I'm really good at connecting the dots. A couple of the the things that I want to talk about for this campaign, but for this show, I want to lay kind of some groundwork for what some of the expectations are and, and how this show will change and evolve throughout the next, Couple of years because this is really something that's going to be um, a staple for me and for you, the listener on this channel, um, until probably January 2021, and and maybe beyond. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. But for right now. One of the biggest issues that I see across our country every day and all the chaos that comes to us from Donald Trump and from the White House and the way things are, one of the things that we as as Americans used to be able to bond over was our ability to commiserate about our dislike of our elected officials we all could we we could all agree on something we didn't like about all of them but that has been ruined with donald trump you can't he can't dish it out or take it he can he says the nastiest things but you're not allowed to criticize him back at all and one of the things that helps us as americans come together is our ability to to joke and tease and laugh and come together. And so let me introduce myself to you. My name is Sharman. Just like the toilet paper, only with an S. I'm smarter, I'm stronger, I smell better than the TP, and I will clean up DC. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to laugh. You don't keep a name like this without developing a sixth sense of humor about it. We have something that we can all agree on. We don't need just any old TP, Trump poot. Putin, Trump, Pence, in D.C., we need Charmin. It is time for us to clean up the mess that is up there. Any old TP just smears the mess around and gets it all over everything. That needs to be flushed away, and it needs to be replaced with higher quality, better standard, and stronger product that will help us all heal. So Charmin, Smith, just like the toilet paper, only with an S. I promise I will help you clean up, you see. I can't do it alone. No one person can. We're all going to have to do this together. But I have learned a few lessons and a few tricks along the way. I'm a mom. America needs a mom right now more than anything. And, and I might not be the greatest of everything else, but I'm a good mom and I've got good kids. And I'm not ashamed of them. And they're looking forward to becoming famous and meeting famous people and uh, my poor husband, if any man ever deserves the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, it's him, really, honestly. He's he's pretty fantastic. And most people can look at Bill Clinton and say that they don't know what the first dude is supposed to look like, but they're sure it's not supposed to be him. The Clintons have a ton of problems. Bill Clinton's certainly at the top of the list. While he's an asset, he's definitely a liability. And my husband will be the first person to tell you he doesn't want to be the first dude. I don't think any man on the planet really wants to be the first dude, but somebody's gotta do it. It's a tough job and I think I brought a good one for you to do it. I really think you're gonna like him. And it does it does seem like at times like the universe has conspired in in our favor and brought us together and some of these events seem to have taken Thousands of years to line up. It is crazy the way the story goes and all the connections that are made for hundreds of years that led us together to this spot today. And so a a lot of what will take place in this conversation and this show will also be religious. My book, Taming the Tita, I say it is a fictional story about politics, religion, and a reality TV show giving Republicans a candidate capable of beating Hillary Clinton in 2016. I self-published the book January of 2015, and much of what I wrote came to pass. Six months after I wrote my book, when Donald Trump announced his campaign, things played out in a way I couldn't have possibly anticipated, and any similarities that are in my book to real-life events are... Are, um, were, were not intended. They, they were not known were going to play out like that when the book was written. Um, the book really took over my life, and I. it was written, the bulk of the book was written in a two-week period um, in 2014, and I just, I've led 300 pages in two weeks, and to watch the things that I refuse to put in writing happen in real life was surreal for me in a in a way that was extremely uncomfortable. It was it it was spiritual. So there will be a lot of talk of religion and spirituality in this show and I my religious and spiritual life has evolved through my 40-plus years on this planet, and I have learned a lot of things. There's going to be some shared reasons, and I can connect some dots for you on why it is so important for us as a nation to ensure that we have a separation of church and state. And I can explain things for us in a way that will help everyone understand more from the perspective the Founders had intended. There's a genetic connection to the presidency that none of us really understand. We don't talk about it. We, we've heard about it. I heard about it my whole life growing up. You know, Pay attention to who you're related to. You never know who you're related to. And thanks to Ancestry.com, I've been able to click leaves for a 1,000 years, and I can explain the story in a way that all of us can understand. And some of the battles that we have been waging as humans not just as Americans for the last couple of hundred years, and and still to this day, but as subjects of monarchies and kingdoms for a thousand years. Some of these tax policies, some of these policing policies, these things have been going on for a thousand years. And what we see now in America is just the most recent current manifestation of this power and control dynamic And we call it trickle-down economics. We have to break that dam. Trump talks about draining the swamp. But what's obvious is he doesn't know how the swamp was created, and he doesn't have a clue how to actually drain it. And the reality is, and I love to use a Duck Dynasty reference to explain this, because you know, drain the swamp, you probably ought to know how the swamp started. And they have a whole episode where they come across a portion of their land that's all swampy all of a sudden, and they don't know what happened. But they, they don't know when it happened, but they know what happened, and they know what they got to do so that they can drain their little swamp and get their land back. And what they found, there were some beavers that had banned up a portion of the river And it had backed everything up, up upriver, and flooded out the plain. But the water from the river was just trickling down below. Everything was dying down below. That trickle down, it dams it all up back here for some people, just these two little beavers. let lets it all trickle out below for everybody else living downstream. And that's 99% of the people living downstream. And so they did the only thing that they knew that they could do in order to drain the swamp. They blew up the beaver dam and they killed the beavers. I'm not suggesting that we kill the beavers because the 1% will get really sensitive if you start talking about killing them. But I do talk about the death penalty for pedophiles. And I do support the death penalty and I understand that it is very controversial and a lot of people feel very strongly about it, And this is politics and this is going to be tough and we're going to have to make some tough decisions and have some tough conversations. And one of those conversations for me is absolutely the death penalty for pedophiles. I support revoking the statute of limitations on all sex-related crimes and allowing the surviving victims of childhood sexual abuse or any sexual assault to prosecute their predators. We have a predator problem in our country and across the world. But right now, in our country, we have a predator problem. And it is time for us to punish the predators. As a candidate for president, I promise to fight for you the way no one ever fought for me before. And we are going to correct this problem in our country and across the world once and for all. Right now, we have a situation where we have a Supreme Court candidate who is looking at and desperately trying to get a lifetime appointment so that he can make decisions for the rest of us on what laws are acceptable and what laws are not. Right now, across our country, we have a massive infiltration of foreign government agents who have compromised our elected officials and our lawmakers and they are making poor decisions and it is time for them to be censored and to be removed in this upcoming election. We must do everything to disrupt everyone currently sitting today. It is detrimental that everyone votes. We need to register to vote. We need to help people get rides to vote. Employers need to be considerate of people and ensure that they make it to vote. It is our civic duty. We are all dependent on this. Never before in my life, I am in my 40s, I'm part of the Red Dawn generation, not this new one with this cute Chris Hemsworth, but the original one with Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Gray, And the Red gone generation must rise again. It is time for us to remember that we are Americans first, whether we are Democrat or whether we are Republican, and the Russians have got to go. They didn't storm our beaches. They didn't bomb our cities. They infiltrated us on keyboards and in social media, and they have warped the minds of angry people who lack. ability to obtain quality counseling and mental health care. We have multiple crises across this country that have been designed by people who despise us to bring us down and to break us because they know they never could beat us any other way. They have to divide us. They have to conquer us. They have to keep us sick. They have to keep us weak. They have to keep us dependent on anything that will make us feel less miserable. They don't want us strong. They don't want us smart. They don't want us capable. It doesn't matter what they want. We know what we're capable of, and we know what we want. We just need the right voice. And I'm here, America, to tell you, that I'm running for president in 2020 because I believe I'm the voice that will bring us together. Now, I know this is going to be a long hour for everybody, and it, there's a lot of information, and a lot of you are probably sitting here wondering what the heck did I just listen to? Is this chick for real? Yes. I am real. I am a real human being. This has absorbed my life for years. You're just hearing about me for the first time, but I have been prepping for this for every day of my life. It is a new moon. It is my, it is a full moon. It is my moon. I. It is all about increasing your energy and major transitions and coming together with projects. And I am here because I am running for president, and we need a voice, and I am here to be the voice that unites us all. Now, you can find more about me through my website, charmansmith.com. That's Charmin, just like the toilet paper, only with an S. It's hard to forget. You can find me on Twitter at Smith Charman and at Taming the Titta, Titta, T-I-B-A. It's super easy to find. I'm everywhere, Facebook, Twitter. I've recently ordered through Zazzle some fantastic merchandise because I know people are going to want to buy things other than just my book, which is available on Amazon.com and Barnes and Noble and Walmart, Target. Any retailer that you would use, you can buy a copy of my book. It shares part of my fantastic story, of my life and who I am, and it introduces you to myself and to my family and to my opinions on politics. And it is a platform for you to get to know me, your future president of the United States of America, Sharman Smith.
1: Well said, well said. Madam I think president.
0: now would be a great time to go to a break and have some music play. This is Sharman Smith again, back. Thank you very much for coming back. I enjoy you, talking to you today. Jay, how are you feeling?
1: I'm doing really good. And first off, I have to tell you, is that, number one, it takes a lot of courage to do these shows. And then there's also that other level of courage, which you're sharing with everybody, about what you actually mission is with the show. And I think you clearly described that in a very short period of time. I thought that was amazing for you, Dan. I really want to tell you how proud I am of you taking the staff really and you know you're really an inspiration to a lot of people you really are and right. then i think when more and more people start to listen to the show and and really wrap their heads around what it is i mean you know you're clear you're concise you're focused you don't sound like a lunatic which is cool you know what i mean <laughs> so right. it's, it's amazing yeah well yeah, and, and yeah. It's, you, you, you,
0: it's really exciting because i i get to be myself And I get to talk about stuff that I like and my opinions and things that are important to me, and I just have to express myself. So it is fantastic. This is the best thing that I have ever done. And people are reaching out to me. I had the most amazing experience this morning. And it was a a young man that, that said he just wanted to be able to hear my voice. And he wanted me to talk to him about forgiveness. And you and I have done shows before, Jay, and we've talked before when we set up the intro and we did all that other stuff. We, you asked me about forgiveness, and forgiveness is something that is definitely a topic that I'm going to address here um, on this show. It's going to be an ongoing topic because nobody has the lock on forgiveness. Forgiveness is the most complicated question that anybody asks me about, and it's the one I least like answering, so I better get good at answering it.
1: Forgiveness and forgiveness is good about the, that. You know, this, this, is a good, this is a good platform to do that, and it really is. And, you know, will tell us, I mean, what would you forgive? Because I know that I don't know your, your, your audience listening, all of your audience listening to this right now, but, you know, your parents were alcoholic pedophiles, and you went through that. Yeah. So how do you will? I mean, what's that got to be like? I mean, I understand generally being like, hey, I want the pedophiles, you know, to get the death penalty. I support that. But your parents were in that. Would you, would you have done that? Uh, would you support it for them?
0: You know, I, I go back and forth on this one like all kids do. I hate their guts. I love them to pieces. They're my parents. I have great stories with them. how they were assholes. It is a challenge for all of us and I, I there are a few moments that stick out as exceptionally poor behavior and I think that if somebody else would have done something before that happened, my life would be a lot better. So I, I wanna talk about forgiveness and then I wanna tell a a crazy story that runs on repeat in my head that I wish I could. And I can't give you all the details because it involves a super famous celebrity, and uh, it's not part of their public persona. So, first of all, forgiveness is a religious concept, not a psychological one. Just because the good book tells you to forgive and forget, and every person you meet that claims to be a Christian tells you to turn the other cheek doesn't necessarily mean you should some people you forgive and they do it over and over again they're not really sorry they're not asking for forgiveness they just expect you to forgive them so they can behave poorly and sexual predators are a great example of people who ex- who will tell you through victim shaming and victim blaming which is a big part of our culture that you're to blame and they they try to convince you that you haven't healed and you're the problem because you haven't forgiven your abuser and it is a it is a mind trick by religion that is controlling our country in an unhealthy manner it is it, forgiveness isn't for you or me to give we can ask for it we can receive it we can offer it but true forgiveness only comes from one and that one isn't here on this side that that one is on the other side that one is the one who who we can all pass judgment as much as we want we can create as many man laws as we want that soul knows the cost and judgment comes from only one and that one is on the other side And I believe that one of the things that has helped me in my healing journey has been the knowledge that my abusers have passed on to the other side and they have received the judgment that comes from the only one truly capable of giving it. They receive forgiveness from the one who knows when they truly mean it. And they get an education and a healing, and there's an entire thing that takes place on the other side. They get that great big cosmic hug that puts all of their broken pieces back together, and it allows their soul to heal because we're all broken, just some of us more than others. But but being on the other side, getting that healing that comes from, from God, from the one, whoever you want to call him. I am a Christian. My personal relationship with my Christ and Savior is exactly that. It is my personal relationship. I think there should be a separation of church and state, and there's a lot of good reasons why. But I am tired of people claiming Christianity and destroying our reputation and behaving in ways that are not remotely remotely Christ-like. And so I will do my best to act right as a Christian, but I would like to also remind you that I am a Titta too and that I have a lot of things to say and many of the things that I have to say about religion will strike you as odd. I had a lovely opportunity recently to have a fantastic interview with Father John and it reminded me How many good Christians there are out there tired of being ashamed and humiliated by people that don't act like it, certainly aren't acting like Christians. And forgiveness is one of those places where Christianity definitely um, intersects with every other religion, with every other non-religious person. Forgiveness, we all have to deal with it for this thing or for that thing. It's always there. Um, I had to learn to forgive myself for things that weren't my fault. I had to learn to forgive myself for things that I had no control over, for things I couldn't possibly stop. I live every day with the physical reminders that I survived horrible traumas, and every time it hurts, I remember why it hurts. And it is a struggle for me every day. And I know that I suffer in silence. I put a good face on, and I smile through the pain, and I, I suffer in silence. And there are estimated for, for, child, for survivors of childhood sexual abuse, it is estimated that one in four girls and one in six boys will be sexually abused before they turn 18 those numbers are astronomical when you think about it and i we don't even know if those numbers are right because this is the number one most underreported crime in history people don't report rapes children don't report rapes sexual abuse is one of those most private things that happens to anybody and you the shame that you feel from it is is impossible to explain and there are millions of us suffering in silence across the country together and we're struggling with this concept of forgiveness, and, and we're beating ourselves up and telling ourselves that the reason why we don't feel better is because we can't forgive this person who did this unforgivable thing. And we're sick, and we're hurt, and we, we the body keeps the score, and we feel everything so deeply. And we have to find a way to deal with this pain within ourselves, but within our society so that it stops happening and doesn't happen to anyone else. And I've heard it said recently that there are two different types of people. There's the, the type of person who something bad happens to them, and they want to make it so this bad thing never happens to another person. And then there's the type of person who says, oh, if something bad happened to me, so good, it should happen to you, too. And so there are clearly two different types of people and I am clearly the type of person that says something bad happened to me and I want to make it so this bad thing doesn't happen to anybody else ever again. And I think that's a good quality to have in a politician. Now, I know that politics is complicated and it's dirty and it's nasty and good people get into politics all the time and sell their souls because they think they're making the right decisions. Um, but I'm, I'm here to tell you there's something I feel really strongly about, and I'm willing to fight for it. And if there was ever a time for someone like me, to a dark horse, to rise up out of the shadows and unite our country behind one thing that 90% of us can agree on. It's the death penalty for pedophiles, and it's protecting children, and it's stopping the sexual abuse of children. I think most of us can agree on that. And one of the reasons why I am an advocate for the death penalty for pedophiles is because as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, as as somebody who learned the importance of not leaning back when another victim shares their truth with me, We've been encouraged in this society to lean in to whatever it is that is coming at your way. And it is a a beautiful, beautiful, proactive sentiment that is motivating people everywhere. But as an adult survivor of childhood sexual abuse, what I have found is that when the time comes for me to make a friend or for me to talk about what is hurting my heart and what I'm sad and depressed about at some point in time i have to share my story and there are people who not, they they can't possibly lean in but they lean back in revulsion and it, the the truth shocks them so much and they they naturally thrash and look in pain because they're trying to stop the truth and and so it may be difficult for you, as you start to hear people share their trauma stories with you, and I know there are a lot of people out there who are struggling during this Me Too time, because you were never sexually abused, you've never been sexually assaulted, you weren't you weren't molested as a child, you have escaped any type of sexual assault. But but for those of us that that haven't. When when we try to share with you, I, I'm telling you, you don't have to lean into this. You don't have to tell me you you're sorry. You don't have to tell me you love me. You don't have to hug me. You don't have to touch me. But please don't lean back in revulsion and shock. Just just stand there and let this person share their truth with you. You'll you'll feel the automatic. Shock and horror at what this person has survived it is painful it hurts you can share sympathy with this person if they're sharing their truth with you so many of us struggle with sharing our truth but whatever you do you probably don't want to start a conversation with them about forgiveness forgiveness is so complicated and and as as you, you move forward, all of us move forward in this new day, you know, when I, I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2000 and, uh, 2008, I was diagnosed with PTSD because of my childhood sexual abuse. And I have been very fortunate to have fantastic therapists and medical treatment and the ability to pursue atrocious flashbacks and nightmares to understand my events and what i see is a society full of other trauma survivors one in four women one in six men everywhere people are struggling and they're suffering in silence with this inner demon this personal beast and we're 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 hearing all the bad things that were said to us when we were little and we're Putting it on replay in our head every day. And I want to put a different voice in your head every day. I wanna I wanna do something else. I wanna give you a new inner voice and I want it to say nice things to you. I want you to talk nice things to yourself every day. I want you to soothe yourself like you would soothe a child when you're telling a kid that they can do it and they can go get it and they're smart and they're strong and they're capable. I want you to start saying that to yourself. Becoming aware of my negative inner self voice has been life-changing. I say the nastiest things to myself, and I don't deserve any of that. And forgiving myself meant stop beating myself up. And that was the first way I showed myself I was able to forgive myself Forgiveness for this other person for what they did, that's going to come from the one that's capable of giving it to them. I'd like to facilitate that meeting, right? Death penalty for pedophiles, they go get the forgiveness that they need. But the forgiveness that I get to give myself every day started with no longer beating myself up and talking nice things to myself. And each of us can do that today going forward. When you you find yourself saying something mean to yourself and you know we we know exactly what to say we're always right on time we've got a great line you know we know how to get ourselves the worst every single time i want you to flip the script and i want you to say something nice to yourself instead you know i discovered this man recently on facebook he's already woo and he sells a seven-day child healing course for $99, and I'm telling you, woohoo, Artie Woo should make a hundred bucks off of you. It's the best hundred bucks I've spent recently. And he had a wonderful way of presenting his knowledge and his information. And I cried so hard for the first three days. And by day four, I had to reach out for help. And he gave me the most beautiful advice. But what he taught me on day six has changed everything for me and I think everyone could benefit from it and the way he teaches it is spectacular but it is really this simple little trick just stop beating yourself up and we can do that because we're all smart enough we're all strong enough right I'm Charmin, just like the toilet paper I'm smarter I'm stronger I smell better than tt I didn't have to reach very far for that one to sound good for that one to be funny people can laugh about that Right. Everybody smells better than T P most of the time. You know, I've been taking jokes about this name my whole life. And when Trump picked Pence and T P was everywhere, oh, it just taunted me. So I'm running for president because I really believe that I can clean up D.C. I've got a fantastic book for you to buy. It's called Taming the Titta. It's available on Amazon and Walmart and Target and Barnes and Noble. Uh, I've got a website, CharminSmith.com. You can find me on Twitter at TamingTheTitta and at SmithSharman. I'm on Facebook at TamingTheTitta. I have an author page, Charmin Eslin Smith. And then I have my presidential page, Charmin Smith for President 2020. Come like me. Come follow me. Come ask me questions. Let's talk. we got a lot of things that we're going to discuss because we talk about politics and it's never changing. And we're going to have a lot of opportunities to talk about the things and come to some some future opportunities to make this better for everybody. And I refuse to believe that there's nothing so wrong with this country that it can't be corrected with a little common sense and compassion. And so I hope you'll help me along the way and consider donating to my campaign. Jay?
1: Oh, wow. Great time for us Maybe. to take a break. Yeah, right on. Right
0: on. It sound good to you. Let's good. Yeah, let's oh, do that it sounds good to Yeah, let sounds <laughs> good to What do you say? Yeah. Everybody. This is Sharman again. Thank you for spending your afternoon with me or your morning with me, as it may be. I appreciate your time today. I want to spend just a few more minutes and talk to you about a couple of things that are really important to me. You know, as a as a Democratic candidate for president, there's, while I may be a little controversial on my death penalty stance, some of the things that you can count on me for is that I'm pro-choice, and I support Medicare for all. But my idea of Medicare for all isn't just Um, setting up Medicare so that lower income individuals can utilize that benefit. Now, my idea of Medicare for all is opening up Medicare for every single American citizen, combining all of the multiple government health care programs that we have into one and using our Medicare tax deductions to pay for it. Now, we have caps on the income and the how much tax can be collected. Those caps will have to leave. We're going to have to get serious about talking about taxes. We have the most complicated tax code on the planet, and it is ridiculous. Re- Ridiculous. Once you understand the way the game gets played, you can use the system so that it pays you and you don't pay anything into it. We got rich people, we're paying quite a bit to play our game. And it's time for us to even the playing field. We need a flat tax, 10% for your federal income tax across the board. And it needs to include everybody rich people, old people, young people, poor people, churches, and schools. There's no reason for anybody not to pay to play. This is America, and your taxes ensure you're a right to play our game, the American game. It's a dream. We all like it, but we all have to participate and we all have to pay in order for it to work properly. We're going to have to talk about income, and we're going to have to talk about the minimum wage, and nobody likes to talk about the minimum wage, and I can't really understand why, but we're going to have to do something. As a bill collector and a mortgage underwriter, I have had the personal, financial, business, and professional responsibility to review people's income and assets for a corporation to determine if they were an acceptable risk to invest in. And the reality is, is that in order for America to be truly successful, in order for us to blow up that beaver's dam and drain the swamp, the way the water starts flowing again immediately comes through people's paychecks. And I don't think that $15 an hour is the right number. I'm going to be 100% honest with you, but I'm absolutely sure $7.25 an hour is not. Now, what I want you to know about me is that when I got my first real job working at Wendy's and I was paying true taxes, I was making $5.25 an hour, and the price of gas was $0.99. Sometimes it popped up to $1.02, but for the most part, I was was paying a buck a gallon for gas and making 5 bucks an hour. And if our minimum wage was five times the price of gas today, we'd be in a better situation right now than what we're currently in. And none of us have forgotten how painful the price gas explosions hurt us all just a few years ago. Nothing has has leveled back out again after the gas prices went back up, and $7 an hour just isn't cutting it. Now, I don't know that $15 an hour is right either. When I got my first real job after high school and I was making a salary wage for an expected amount of work, I thought I was doing pretty good. There was this logic that if you were making your age, you were making good money. And I was 17 years old and I was making 20 grand a year, so I thought I was doing good for myself. Now, if we were going to try to set the wage based off someone's age today, it would never work because nobody would ever hire old people, and they're fantastic. But if we think about ourselves every day right now in this new millennium that we're in as teenagers together, all of us are finally old enough to vote. We're 18 in 2018. And if we paid the wage for the age we'd be looking at a wage of $18.18 an hour with a mandatory raise every January the 1st of $1.01 an hour. And surely by the time we get to 2020, we'll have the hindsight to see that the way to correct the economy and all the problems that we're facing financially in regards to our deficit is to pay people more money and collect more taxes. As one goes up, the other comes down. It's not rocket science, folks. We can do it. And every day that Trump does something stupid, I realize I am smarter than I give myself credit for, and I am doing my positive self-talk, and this isn't anything we can't fix together. We're going to have to get creative. We're going to have to think outside the box. You know, some of these people are going to have to be stuck in a box and then stuck in a jail because Some of these people are so far outside the box with what they have been doing to the rest of us citizens, it's criminal. And we're going to have to be serious about the problems that we have in our country. We're going to have to review and re-overhaul our entire criminal justice system. Now, it's one of the best in the world, but it's not perfect. There's always room for improvement. I promise you, we'll find it. There'll be plenty of room in our prison justice system when we expunge the criminal record of all the nonviolent drug offenders and we legalize marijuana, and mushrooms for the treatment of depression. What we have across this country is a country full of people who are depressed and unable to get quality medical health care, and they are self-medicating. We have a drug addiction problem in this country, the likes of which aren't seen anywhere else in the world, and it is because we have hard-working, functioning addicts One of the things that I learned while living in Hawaii, you know, the Obama said, Michelle said that in order to understand Barack, you had to understand Hawaii, but I never felt like they explained Hawaii to me. And living in Hawaii for almost two years, I learned that the meth use is four times the national average because the cost of living is so high and there's so many functioning users. Most people have to have three jobs just to barely be able to survive. The average age that Hawaiians move out of their home for the first time is 35 years old because nobody can afford to live on their own. They have this amazing, I'm a mortgage professional, they have this amazing Hawaiian homeland program that nobody can qualify for a house. Even if they don't charge them the price of the land, just the cost of the house, they've been through the list so many times. People have been offered multiple times and they can't qualify for the mortgage. Even with everybody working three jobs, we have got to fix this mess now. It is ridiculous. You know, as an as, as, as outsider, as a haole in Hawaii, I had the opportunity to see homelessness with people sleeping in trees so that they wouldn't get discovered by the police. Floating up and down rivers underneath bridges on air mattresses. We have to take care of our citizens in this country. This is America. And this is not how Americans are going to live. This isn't the dream that any of us fought for. This isn't what we're coming for. I have a much different opinion on immigration, which we will get into in a future show. But I promise you, it's far different from what you get today with Trump. You can learn pretty much everything you want to know about me in my book. I wrote it years ago with the belief that it would be huge and it would create a huge movement and i would be able to use that movement and the money from book sales to fund my own campaign for president and so far everything is out of my pocket i know trump can manipulate rate news and media and everybody bends to his call like ursula and the little mermaid the sea witch for sure We have to find a way to fight back. This is the biggest David and Goliath story in the history of humanity. If you haven't reread Revelations recently, go read it post-election. Buy a copy of my book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Facebook you can find me on LinkedIn. I am a real person. I am really doing this. I have a ton of good ideas. I have um, I've laid out a bunch of things and policies and processes for you on my website at charmansmith.com. I'm working on merchandise. I am not good at this, but I wrote in my book about the importance of putting down the Kool-Aid and picking up the B.S. flag and I am waving the B.S. flag. That kid in Parkland called B.S. and I heard her. We call B.S. for a million different reasons and I hear you and I call B.S. too. I believe survivors. I know what it's like to be strong. I loved Bernie Sanders, but he's just a little too cuckoo to be president, but he and Joe Biden would duke it out for best first, for best vice president in history for the rest of time. I'm running for president. There's a genetic connection to the presidency. I'll happily explain that in a f- future show too. But again, you can find the answers to many of the questions that you're looking for about me in my book. Taming the TIDA, T I D A, are at my website, charmansmith.com. And again, I refuse to believe that we don't make more than enough money in this country to pay for everything that we need. And I absolutely believe that there's nothing so wrong with this country that it can't be corrected with a little common sense and compassion. And I hope you'll give me a chance. Check out my website. Donate to my campaign. Thank you very much. This is Sharman Smith, Jay Matta. Thank you for your time today. I appreciate you. And yeah, everyone have a you. great day. <laughs>